Welcome back for another nerdy episode where books and drinking go hand in hand. And where foreshadowing and bizarre theories are all the buzz. Now get ready as we crack open and crack up over our new novels. I'm Aiden Galloway. I'm Bryn Plyler. And this is Sips and Subtext. The following podcast contains strong language, references to alcohol and sexual behavior, and books and characters we don't own. Welcome back, everyone, to our final episode of Court Thorns and Roses. Uh, how are you doing, Bryn, today? I got. I'm not lying. I'm not gonna gonna lie to you. Um, I am sunburnt and sore. So, as as all of you know, my my fiance Alex, he is in the Coast Guard. So a bunch of his hobbies and interests include fishing, the ocean, and swimming. And I decided that I was going to be a part of that yesterday and I am burnt to a crisp (laughs) and uh, we went out on, uh, Alex had his kayak and I borrowed a friend's paddleboard and I did not move on that paddleboard for over three hours. And that was just apparently not the best position for me because I am super duper sore, but it's okay. How are you? I'm doing okay. Tried to keep up with my work and everything over the weekend. It's not been the easiest thing, but um, I did my best. <laughs> um, and I think I, these classes are really interesting right now, and I'm excited to go through with them. Um, but I'm even more excited to talk about the book and mm-hmm. the final three chapters, which I'll just say this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the last episode you guys just heard was yesterday. Mm-hmm. We recorded that episode. Look stopped recording, looked at each other, was like, okay, I need to get off the phone because I have to finish this book. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so it's the next day after we stayed up all night reading the last three chapters. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it was worth it. You know, the lack of sleep was definitely worth it. Um, cannot wait to get into it with you guys. But before we go jump into the summary, Aiden, why don't you tell us what we're drinking today? Yes. So interestingly enough, my parents sometimes go antiquing and they know that we're doing a podcast and are very supportive of it. And they decided to get on the base level of support. So they're, they're our first Patreons or whatever <laughs> terminology we want to use. They got me a complete bartender book from the 90s. <laughs> and that is where we're getting our drink recipe for the day, which is called a Rose Hall. Mm-hmm. Go with the name of the book for obvious reasons. And it has... Jamaican rum, banana liqueur, orange juice, and roses lime juice, which we didn't use roses lime juice. We just used lime juice. And I wish we would have because it would have made this a little bit sweeter. But mm-hmm. that is what we are drinking today. And it's uh, it's pretty strong. It's Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised by just how little actually went into my drink after it came out of the shaker. Um, I had to add extra orange juice just to make myself feel better. Cause I was like, I'm going to be under the table in a few minutes if I only drink. Cause it's, it's the ma- majority liquor in this, um, or the original, um, recipe is majority liquor. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have to water this down with some or with more orange juice. So, um, yeah, it's not that bad. Uh, you can definitely taste the lime. I kind of wish we mm-hmm. had used the It's other very kind, citrusy. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with rose other than rose brand lime juice is supposed yes. to be used, which is really weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just saw the name. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do that. 
Yeah, because we haven't done anything. We haven't done a drink that ha- really relates to the name of the book yet. Mm-hmm. We've tried to go with, you know, one for Tamlin, one for Reese, and and we didn't really do one for Feyre, but we'll... Maybe this can be Feyre's then, because she... Okay, yeah. She says she's the Thorns or something mm-hmm. like that. She said that's a Tamlin, so this can be her yeah. drink. Yes, this is for Feyre. And before we get into the summary, I just want to mention real quick, um, this episode's going to be different than the the ones we've done in the past. So the first half of this episode, we're trying to keep it to pretty strict 30 minutes is going to be the session of these last three chapters, mm-hmm. favorite characters in these chapters and quote, like we normally do. Then we're going to move into the book as a whole and discuss what the, what we liked, didn't like about the book, favorite cap ranking all the characters from the book and then favorite quote from the entire book. Then at the very end, we'll give a ranking and a sneak peek on what's going on next season for the podcast. So exciting. Okay. So we good for for me to summarize or attempt to to summarize? All righty. It's not like we just read this last night. I need to be reminded. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Chapter 44 starts off with you know, where chapter 43 ended off, Feyre stabs Tamlin and realizes that her dagger has been bent because of his stone heart. Um, Tamlin then falls to the ground, but he's not dead and he's slowly healing, but not healing quickly enough due to Amarantha still uh, withdrawing his powers. Recent smiles because Feyre has won the final task. Uh, fairies among the crowd tell Feyre, no, tell Amarantha to free them because Feyre has completed all of the task as demanded. However, as we predicted, Amarantha says that she will free them when she sees fit and that Feyre didn't fail to specify when she had to free them in their original agreement. She tells Feyre that she is a foolish, stupid human for thinking that instantaneous freedom regarding the riddle would also apply to the trials. Then Amarantha turns on Feyre and tells her that she's going to kill her. As Feyre's bones are breaking, Amaranth tries to force her to admit that Feyre doesn't love Tamlin. Recent calls out to Feyre multiple times, then grabs the dagger that Feyre used on Tamlin and then lunges at Amarantha multiple times trying to kill her. Amarantha then turns on Recent and begins to inflict pain on him. Feyre calls out to Amarantha trying to stop her. And Amarantha says, don't pretend that you care about us fairies and begins torturing Feyre again. Feyre begins having flashbacks to some of her worst memories, her first kill, her most recent kills, and um, some other ones. Uh, Amarantha screams at her again to say that she does not love Tamlin. Tamlin begs Amarantha to stop and says that he'll do anything. Amarantha says she'll get to him later. Feyre finally figures out the riddle and answers it just before she dies. Chapter 45, with Feyre still as the narrator, she tells us this chapter from someone else's eyes. We later learn that it's Reeson's, although I think we all knew it. Um, She can see her body broken and still from across the room, but she doesn't go up to inspect it. Amarantha realizes what is about to happen and tries to back away from Tamlin. Lucian is crying and is finally able to remove his mask. Tamlin receives all of his powers back, transforms into his beast form, and throws Amarantha against the wall. Lucian throws him a sword. All this while, Amarantha is trying to defend herself with her magic, but Tamlin just overpowers her, and his her power can do nothing against him now. 
Tamlin then drives the sword Lucian threw him through Amarantha's head, mounting her to the wall just below Claire's body. Then he tears out her throat just for good measure to make sure that, you know, she ain't coming back. Tamlin then returns to Feyre's body and holds it and just weeps. Slowly, one by one, all of the High Lords of Prithian, including Recent, come forward and place a piece of their magic onto Feyre's body. That's how that one ends, basically. Well, it ends with Tamlin saying she he loves her. Chapter 46, Feyre awakens in her own body now and is met with no pain and an influx of reflexes and senses. She freezes once she realizes that what she's feeling is that she has been transformed into a high fae. Tamlin tells her this was the only way to save her. Feyre does not feel worthy to live while the lives she took are, are still gone. She looks to Tamlin to find that his curse has been broken and she can finally see his face for the first time. Then for hours, Tamlin and Feyre stay in the throne room and talk to allies and members of the Spring Court until finally Tamlin takes Feyre out of the throne room and into a bedroom and he tries to discuss what happened. Feyre tells him she doesn't want to talk about it, then pulls him into a kiss. After they finish and have fallen asleep, <laughs> Feyre, is, <laughs> Feyre is woken up by a silent summoning. She follows this summoning to a meeting place with Recent. After adjusting to the first sunlight that she has seen in more than three months, Recent tells her goodbye. They discussed what happened in the throne room. Recent says he wanted to be remembered for doing something useful and not just standing around, just standing there. Feyre tells him how she feels about the death of the fairies that she kills and how she doesn't feel deserving of another chance at life. They say goodbye, and as Recent is disappearing into the shadows, something happens to him. He goes rigid, his eyes widen in shock, and he stumbles. But he leaves before Feyre can ask or help or do anything. Then we go back with Feyre and Tamlin as they return to the spring court through the same tunnel that she originally entered under the mountain through. Feyre is still dealing with the trauma of the lives that she took and even admits to understanding some of Amarantha's motives. Tamlin and Feyre stand at the top of the hill drinking in the sight of their home until Lucian calls them into the manor for dinner. Alice and her two nephews return and Feyre says that she will have eternity to come to terms with what she went through. But for now, she's just going to enjoy being with Tamlin in their home. End of book. Okay. Where to yes. start? She died. I know! Yeah, The girl died. Sitting, yeah. I was <laughs> sitting here and I was like, holy shit no how what i had to take i had to pause for a minute it's like that that moment whenever you're like i want to look away but i can't type type mm -hmm, scenario mm -hmm. and and of course alex is like what what happened because he's, he's super into it as well but um but i was just like i'll it's tell you later she's interested in your actions <laughs> yes um but yeah so i was flabbergasted that that actually happened i was not expecting that at all not that it surprised me after everything that amarantha did to her but i was just surprised that it actually happened it took her dying to figure out this riddle <laughs> it took her dying to figure it out mm -hmm. which i have a question about that i unfortunately i didn't look back into this but whenever she finally answered the riddle, 
I was confused because I thought in their original agreement, she had to figure out the riddle before she finished the tasks. And it would only count if she finished it before the tasks were finished. That's how I understood it. And I was so confused because I was like, wait, so it still counts now that she's completely finished all three tasks? Or did Amarantha not consider the task to be done since Tamlin didn't die? You'll complete all the tasks. I found it on page 301. Okay. I'll give you a way out, girl. You'll complete all the tasks. Or when you can't stand anymore, all you have to do is answer one question. A riddle. You solve the riddle and his curse will be broken instantaneously. You won't even need to lift my finger and he'll be free. Say the right answer and he's yours. You can answer it at any time, but if you answer incorrectly... She gestured to Claire after that. So it's any time, even if she completes the three trials. But okay. in her mind, she's like, oh, I completed the three trials, and it's the same issue. I don't need to worry about the riddle then. Okay. Obviously not true, because like we all knew was going to happen, <laughs> she yeah. essentially left loopholes for herself to be able to manipulate the rules and be able to do whatever she wanted, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that clears that up, but I was just, I was a little confused there, because even with what you just said, I still feel like it would have been, because Amarantha said, she didn't specify when I need to, um, when I needed to let them free, so I will take my sweet time doing that, basically, I'm Mm -hmm. paraphrasing here, but I would think that Amarantha, being as smart as she is, would have closed loopholes on her end to make it so that if she does finish them, she can't still answer the riddle. But maybe, I don't know. Whatever. I think she just thought in her mind, obviously, obviously this human doesn't actually love a fae or will learn to no longer love the fae to never answer this riddle. Therefore, it won't matter. But it's just... Yeah, she's supposed to be such a smart woman and a main villain that's supposed to be almost unbeatable. Like, she beat seven high lords and stole their yeah. powers, and yet she leaves so many lo- I think loopholes, I think it's more to do with her lack of respect for any humans, and that, that ends up being her downfall. Yeah, um, okay. Then anything else, but yes, I agree with you. I think it's a major character, like, discrepancy, for lack yeah. of a better word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was just like, holy crap. I, I wasn't expecting it to work. Like, I just figured that Tamlin had finally freaking healed all after he just sat there on the ground and watched as Amarantha just tortured the crap out of his... Well, I don't think his heart was broken, so it wouldn't have mattered even if he had healed. Because it was like, it thunked, and then the blade was bent. I don't think she yeah. actually broke it with the blade. Maybe that was what Amarantha was betting on, that even if she did do it, it couldn't break the curse. Hmm. But everyone just thought the trials, the wording of the trials meant that they would go free anyway. And then yeah. she'd free Lucian, or not Lucian, Tomlin that way, and he'd kill her. Yeah. I just, like, <sighs> Tamlin has been so still for passive. these three months. Yeah, so passive. I can't believe... They're like, I don't care if I am in pain because someone stabbed me. If someone is killing the love of my life, my final stand is going to be, I don't care how mad it hurts. I'm going to jump at you. I'm going to try and take you down. Like Mm -hmm. he's at her feet just saying, 
please stop. I'll do anything. I'm sorry for what I said to Clithia. Help me here. Like, try it. You still have some strength. Swipe her feet out from under her. Slap her around. Something. <laughs> I wonder if... First of all, I think fairies have a low pain tolerance because they're so, especially high fae, because they're so used to healing like instantaneously. Second, okay. we're, we're forgetting that it's an ash blade. Like that's the one thing that can kill fairies. So it must hurt like a mother. Yeah. Like, worse pain than we could possibly imagine because that's their one, like that's their kryptonite essentially. Yeah. And that's what he was just stabbed with. But I agree. I think like even recent tried to protect her. Yeah. I, we're saying even, like, we know that know. they're not in-game. In <laughs> Which, him at the end, why is that doing me? I'm like, oh, so you figured out she's your mate. That's what it is, right? Right? You're I, like, I couldn't oh, no. tell. I was like, I, I thought that at first, but then I was like, what if this is, like, leading into the second book and maybe, like, the Lord of Hybern is, like, waiting for him where he's teleporting and, like, he can see both places and he's about to be hmm. ambushed. That's what, why would that's he what, go then? If he's like, oh, there's the Lord Highburn, I'm about to die. Let's teleport there anyway. I don't know. Can you change course once you've started a teleportation? Oh, once again, is... we have no information on how magic works. <laughs> yeah, we need more information. Okay, yeah. That was just my other thing because I, I don't know. How would you... But we also don't know how finding your mate works as far as fairies go. So mm -hmm. how would he know? How would that point, that moment have been the time that he realized that was it, that she was it? Cause she's Out a of, high fae and you can mate with a high fae. Um, Maybe. Cause I'm thinking there must be a thing where humans and high fae can't mate. Hmm. Because like if she's obviously attractive to him, you saw that from the the bonfire night, whatever that ritual was called. I don't remember at this point, but we saw that from then. The right, like, the great right. Yeah, but it had a weird name. I don't remember the weird name. I mean, there's definitely something there. Maybe it is like the Clithia thing. Like now that she is a high fae, she looks more like the descendant of a high fae kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's going to be a second book type thing when she starts spending more time up in the night court once every month for seven days. Um, mm -hmm. Which Tamlin's not going to like that. He was yeah, very he good about when he saw the tattoo. He was just mm -hmm. like, we'll fix this. It's okay. I, I'll give him props for that. He wasn't like, how dare you do this or anything like that. He was very like, okay, we'll figure it out. Don't worry. But I don't think that's going to continue into the next book which is mr fury court mr fury yeah i don't think not that we've have any concrete evidence from this book that tamlin is a jealous person mm -hmm. but it just there's no way like if recent is his nemesis kind of yes yeah if if recent is that person for him there's no way that tamlin is not going to get defensive or jealous or overbearing or overprotective or clingy any of the above uh, or whatever words you want to come up with for that mm -hmm. i just i'm not excited to see his fall not that i have a i i, ha I haven't exactly fallen in love with tamlin myself mm -hmm. but i'm not i'm not looking forward to whenever he goes down the rabbit hole i mean you know i'm the first one to say I 
Reason you sounds like very attractive, but I'm not falling in love with either of the main character guys. My boy is Lucian. I will yeah. die on this platform. <laughs> <laughs> this will be what I'm preaching on my little box on the street is that Lucian is the best guy in this book. I don't know if that changes. As of right now, I am correct in this. <laughs> I agree. I, I very think, much so agree with you. I think if we're ready to transition real quick, I don't have a good transition for this, but I want to talk about how she got transformed, which like the whole chapter 45 was just really weird. Like really makes me question how death works in this universe. Like that apparently your soul can just look through the eyes of another, like right after you but die. Remember they're, they're connected. Like recent mm -hmm. has a connection with her through the so, curse or contract, yeah, through contract. whatever. Yeah. The contract. So like, he can see through her eyes, but she just hasn't figured out how to see through his mm. up until that moment. But like, because her soul was still lingering, I'm guessing that it tried to figure out the best way in order to adapt to what was going on. Stay like alive, if she can't, yeah, if she can't see out of her own eyes, then what's the best way for me to tell what the hell's going on? Because all of my normal senses are down. Mm -hmm. So Faye can just like gift their powers to people or their soul or it's just like little, little little drop of magic and you're now a high fae like why wouldn't they just do that like why wouldn't clithia do that to jurian because it is it only a high fae like high lord thing you take seven of them to become a high I've, fae i've seen that way for this situation yeah. but i wonder if one high fae such as clithia gave a drop to jurian what does that do for a human? Is that why he could never die? Because she gave him part of her magic, mm -hmm. part of her soul? Mm -hmm. It's just a That's weird a transformation good point. process. From what Recent said, he said, you know, this is a gift that our ancestors have only done a few times. That's not the right words. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, you know, this is a gift that we very rarely bestow, but she's earned it. It makes me think that, like, all seven of them have to agree and all mutually give a part of themselves in order for this, for a human to complete the transition to a fae. Uh, not even just a fae. Maybe it's that you transition to a high fae. Maybe if you're a regular fae, you can do something to make a human, like, obviously, Clithia might have been high fey, but mm -hmm. you have to I would assume that you would have to have more than one high fey in order to make that transition complete. Um so and if she did give Jurian the ability to live forever, did did that make him a low fey? Like a lesser fey? Mm -hmm. Or Do the was low he fey just, live forever? I don't know. I don't know either. We don't know so much in this yeah. book series. That's one of my main critiques is that I don't know anything ever. Yeah. There, I don't ever get answers. I just get more questions, it feels like. Well, I mean, we saw this in the Harry Potter world, like uh, the Harry Potter series. You know, she didn't truly start expanding on the world and answering a lot of questions until book four. Mm -hmm. Like the first three books were solely focused on Harry and like what was going on in his life. And you learned as he learned, but obviously he wasn't the brightest and he didn't ask questions. So until the world was forced to be open via the Goblet of Fire, mm -hmm. 
no answers were given on any questions about that. Yeah, I guess that's true. But also we're talking about children's books, which I know lots of adults still read Harry Potter and love Harry Potter, us two included, but they were originally written just for children. Versus mm-hmm. this is a young adult book written like with sex scenes written for adults or older teenagers. There yeah. is a difference there in kind of the expectations. And almost at this point, I don't know that she'll ever give us answers to our questions. And that's okay. a failure on the part of the author, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And unless you have more on these three chapters, which we've not talked about a lot, but are you ready to move into favorite characters? Because we're reaching, reaching our midway point. Yeah, we can go ahead and start favorite characters. Do you want to go first? Yes. So we're just ranking Amarantha, Lucian, Tamlin, Reeson, and Feyre for the last three chapters. So obviously Amarantha's last. I think, honestly, Tamlin's just above that just because of the passivity. I know in chapter 45, he finally like kills her and does something after Feyre essentially does everything else. <laughs> but that's it. That's all he really did. And then he cried a bunch. Like, okay. Moving on. Um, <laughs> then I'd say recent because he tried. He tried to protect Feyre. He tried to go after Amarantha, even though it could have cost him his own life. It probably would have afterwards. So he's third for me. Second is Feyre. For no other reason than just Lucian has to be first. Lucian didn't really do anything, but I just love him so much. The picture, like, the mental picture I got of him crying while taking off that mask just, like, did something to me emotionally. (laughs) So he's first for me. Even though Feyre probably should technically be first because she did do literally everything and came out with so much trauma and uh, died. uh, Died. (laughs) Is now a high fey and is just oversensitized all the time. Mm -hmm. But at least she got to go back home. That's something. (laughs) Yeah, so, like, it wasn't all for nothing. They're pretty much equal. Feyre, on all points, probably should be ahead, but I'm still going to put Lucian ahead. That's what that's what I'll say. Okay, so mine for this chapter set was... Last was Amarantha, of course. definitely. Like, how could... How could it not be? If you have Amarantha anywhere but last... <laughs> You'd have to be ranking on totally we need to different talk. things. <laughs> we need to talk. Um, then next, I, I agree, was Tamlin. Because I just, I personally cannot believe that he, if he loved her that much, he would have tried to do something other than just say, stop this. I apologize. Do something. Mm-hmm. Something. Um, then recent, uh, for all the reasons you said, then Lucian. Lucian really wasn't in this chapter set, which is, but he's still a good person, which is why he's second for me. Mm-hmm. And then Feyre just came out on top this chapter set. I really got to say she did. I mean, it still bothers me that it took her 45 chapters to, or 44 chapters to figure out this stinking, um, well, I guess it was only like 10 because we, we've only known about it for 10, but like, yeah. That would have been the 90 entire... days. Though. She had 90 days, though, to figure this yeah. journal out. Yes. 90 days. Come on, chick. All right. But other than that, she did mm-hmm. great this char- this chapter set. I was really I was really proud, really sad for her death. I, I really felt that. And I didn't think that if she... 
I don't think earlier in this book, I don't think I would have felt the same. But I like her now. Controversial like her opinion. I think not better for the series, but I think it would have been better for her emotionally to just have died. I think she. Oh, no, that, I agree. That would have been a successful and like fulfilling death for her. I agree. And her character right now. Hopefully it gets to the point where she doesn't feel the need to die for everyone all the time. But for right now, I think she could have died happy with what she did. Mm-hmm. I agree. I do think that it would have been more merciful if she had gone on instead of bringing being brought back. Because I think that is going to be a, a rough spot between her and Tamlin. Because Tamlin is the one who essentially brought her back. And, you know... I think she is going to want to have gone on instead of becoming a high fae for a while, at least I will see how that changes. But yeah, I, I think that death would have been a more merciful end than bringing her back right there for her own mental stability. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think, I think that will be an issue. I think her new trauma will be an issue. I think her going up to live with recent for seven days out of the month will be an issue. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I think the highborn court is going to be an issue. There's going to be a lot going on in the yeah. next book, which we won't be discussing chapter by chapter with you all, but we will be reading it on our own time and then coming back to revisit the series. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. So um, I'll go ahead and start with my favorite quote from this yes. chapter set. So it is in the last chapter 46 and it's oh, minus two. It's, right there at the end it's right before recent leaves and um and so it's uh i stared at the nose i'd seen bleeding only hours before the violent eyes violet eyes that had been so filled with pain why i asked he knew what i meant and shrugged because when the legends get written, I didn't want to be remembered for standing on the sidelines. I want my future offspring to know that I was there and that I fought against her in the end, even if I couldn't do anything useful. And because he went on, his eyes locked with mine. I didn't want you to fight alone or die alone. Which, if you can remember, she said that she didn't want to die alone, that she wanted someone to hold her hand as she died and stay with her in the moments afterward, which she harks back to that. She was like, I remember telling Mm -hmm. Tamlin the same thing. And I was like, that's so sweet of him little. I mean, you know, he has his issues, but like the fact that he didn't want her to die alone or die fighting alone was Mm -hmm. really good because no one else in that room was going to step up and help her. Yeah. Except for him. Not even Tamlin or Lucian stepped up to help her. But Reeson did. And I thought that that was not good enough to to save him in my, not nowhere near good enough to save him, save face mm-hmm. with me. But I thought it was a nice gesture. Something that, that sh- will be remembered in the future for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was also a quote that I noted. But my favorite quote was um, the when her and Tamlin finally got to be alone. It's the last little bit of that. So 
Uh, a kiss for every day we spent apart, a kiss, a kiss for every wound in Terra, a kiss for the ink inch, etched into my flesh, and for all the days we would be together after this. Days, perhaps, that I no longer deserve, but I gave myself into that fire, threw myself into it, into him, and let myself burn. I really liked the imagery of that quote. I thought mm-hmm. it harked back to a lot of important, like, traumatizing things she had just gone through. And I think it's important to note that she's living for something. Mm-hmm. Obviously, this is not an ultimate, like, motivation because i don't think you should be ever be living for someone it's like live for whatever you need to live for in the moment but eventually you should get to the point where you're living for yourself that should be your number one goal but at least she's going on for a reason and not just giving up completely mm-hmm. and that was that was good and i really like the imagery and the way that was written that was a very well written quote to me yeah i agree that was one that stood out to me as well but um yeah so we finished the book. We've come to the end of season one, you guys. Oh my goodness. <sighs> All right. Well, overall, I I liked the book. I, I was, whenever we had to pause for podcast purposes, I was a little annoyed sometimes, a little sad because I didn't I didn't want to stop reading. I wanted to keep going. And to me, but I mean, granted, (laughs) not that y'all know me very well, but it doesn't take very much for me to keep reading a book. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't stopped reading very many, uh, like just set them down and left them. I usually finish a book. So it's not much saying that I wasn't able to put like it was hard for me to put this book down most books are hard for me to put down just because of my nature but (laughs) (laughs) I I did enjoy it I wouldn't say that it's like my top five favorite books ever but I thought it was enjoyable I liked it overall I did enjoy it as well it took I think it took me a little bit longer than it took you to really get into it Mm -hmm. just because when it was just in the court of spring and it's very romantic and lovey-dovey and that seems kind of to be the whole point like there's underlying other issues going on but the main point is them just falling in love i'm not the biggest romance person especially if i go into this book thinking it's more fantasy so i think it took me a little while to be like can we get to something interesting like can we get to somewhere good um yeah i agree but I did enjoy it. I, I do think for what it was written, it was a good book. It, I don't even think it would be in my top 10 favorite books. I honestly like her other series a little bit better. Granted, there's a lot of issues in that series with like representation, diversity, all those other things. Same that is in this book. But I think I like the premise of her, the other series I'm referring to is Throne of Glass series, which I have read a couple of books of that. I think I like that better than I like this one so far. Mm-hmm. But it, it was definitely an enjoyable book. I just... <laughs> the author goes in and out of whether I think she's a good author or not. Because she yeah. leaves so many plot holes and so many questions. Yeah. And I... There's there just to such a degree where... This isn't meant to be a mystery. This is not a mystery novel. Right. That I don't feel like it's intentional. I just to a certain point feel like she's leaving these out because she didn't even think about them Mm -hmm. or just didn't care enough to develop that aspect. 
that's very yeah. frustrating to me as a reader. Yeah, and we can sit here and, you know, quibble what to call it and, like, discuss their their purposes, all of all the questions and, and things that we have, but we'll never actually know the answers to them unless mm-hmm. it's explicitly put in another one of the sequels. But, um, which I got to say, I mean, I'm interested in learning more, uh, like reading more. I want to know what happens to the characters now. Um, I'm definitely a reader where I like series books because I do get attached to characters and I don't like leaving them after one book. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm interested in reading more. I think it could have been written a little bit better. I agree with you on that on that part. But I'm also not going to say that, you know, I found it. I just find reading enjoyable, the, just mm-hmm. the act of it. Um, and you know, the premise and the storyline can be bogus and, and boring, but like the fact that I'm actually reading just makes me happy. And I, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with whatever story it is, as long as it's bringing me joy and usually reading brings me joy. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, I thought it was fine. <laughs> I agree to that to some degree. I used to agree with that a lot more now where I would just like totally absorb and read whatever. I think what's a difference and a little bit of reading burnout for me and anyone who's gone through a lot of higher education, you probably have felt this at well at some points, especially now in a master's program. I read so much for school that yeah. when I do have the ability to read for myself and read for pleasure, if it's not giving me everything I want, I am a person who'd be like, Hey, this isn't, this new book isn't giving it to me right now. I need to do, if I'm going to read, I'm going to do something that's I know will be purely enjoyable for me. So that's why Mm -hmm. I actually started reading the Percy Jackson series. I've read Harry Potter multiple times. Yeah. Like my TBR list, so long, but I just have such a high expectation for books when I actually do have the time and ability to sit down and read and the energy, to be honest, to sit down and read. I want a lot of expect. I have high expectations and I kind of feel that that's well-deserved. I will say, I agree that this book, I think this book is pleasurable less because of the plot, which the plot is interesting, interesting enough. I don't think it was very. It didn't move it along th- quick enough for, for, I don't think it moved along quick enough for you. I think it was a fine yeah. for me. I think that, you know, the, the underlying the, or the overlying, depending on how you want to look at it, love story. I think that it needed to have as much screen time as it did in order for people to actually believe that they loved each other by the end mm-hmm. um but i it still got as much screen time as it did and i still don't know if they love each other as much as they're trying to put up in, yeah. in front i think but, what i was mainly getting at is if i were to recommend this to someone i would be like you're gonna end up wanting to keep reading for the characters less for the plot because I don't think the plot's doing anything new, anything spectacular. Not just because it's based on a fairy tale that everyone kind of knows, but more just like the trials were kind of okay. eh. <laughs> the 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 love story was good. I mean, you can argue how much of it's Stockholm syndrome, but it was good. Um like but the characters themselves have so much backstory and depth, I think, that they're what I was like, I wanna know more what happened to this person. I wanna know more mm-hmm. why they're acting like this. 
that's mm-hmm. why I kept reading less because of the plot itself. So it's yeah. a very character driven book. And I don't mind that. I just think to a certain extent, you need other things to back it up other than like, you can put great characters in the most boring book ever and people won't read it even if they're great characters. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. So do we have anything else that we want to talk about overall? Like the book overall? Do you think we missed anything? I mean, I'm sure people will bring up theories we had in the past. Like, I know I know my theory about mm-hmm. Cynthia is probably wrong with um, being Nesta and Feyre's mom. That's probably wrong or that they're descended or something. Yeah. My new theory, it is an adjustment on that, that she's not Faye at all, but she's descended from Jurian's lover, human lover, <gasps> that ended up leaving Ooh. him in the end. And then she, because they keep mentioning like, oh, his lover moved on awfully quick. I'm like, why do you keep bringing up this woman? What is she relevant at all? Like, why do I care about her? So that's my new theory. But I'm sure we've said things or had theories because I love theories. And then I forget about them after the podcast ends. It's like, it's like, oh, I've been thinking about this for five days straight. And then it's just gone as soon as I get to talk about it. No, maybe we can do like a, um, once y'all tell us what we missed or what we've, um, not not discussed or forgot about or you know should have talked about more maybe once Mm -hmm. y'all tell us a little bit more of that maybe we can have like a final uh you know 15 20 minute discussion where we say what we thought on all of your uh suggestions and and stuff maybe we'll put that in at the end but Mm -hmm. um but yeah, because I, I know I had some theories too, but I don't remember what they are at the moment. Exactly. Um, or even if we if we ever um, read a second the second book and have an episode just talking about the second book, we can go back through and or you guys can go back through and that can be combined with your guys like, hi, how did, why didn't you talk about this? Here's your theory yeah. on this. And we can be like, so our theories were all wrong. Yes. And here's yes. why. Yes. Um, no, but I mean... Look for look for more content from us on this series. We're not mm-hmm. gonna just leave it high and dry here. We're definitely gonna um, come back to it at some point. Like this was our our beginner, our 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 training wheels book. Yes, yes. So you know, this one's always gonna have a special place in our heart, despite what we feel about the plot or the the author or anything like that. But um, but yeah, that we're not done with the Court of Thorns and Roses. Uh, but yeah, so look for more stuff from us in the future. It may not be within the next year, but we'll see. We'll get there. It'll depend. Um, depend on how much we're able to read beyond yeah. the podcast, beyond true. school, beyond word, things like that. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, so do we want to go with our overall arching the entire book favorite quote out of 416 oh, pages you're doing favorite quote first can we do favorite characters first while i yes. look at my favorite quotes yes so i'll go ahead and start with mine mm-hmm. so there are nine characters that we are including in this overall ranking i'm not doing my ranking just yet but the characters we're including in this is Feyre, their father nesta elaine tamlin Lucian, Alice, Recent, and Amarantha. Those are the ones that had the biggest speaking roles. Those are the ones who had the most screen time. Uh, yes, those are the ones that were the most relevant to said plot. Um, so for me, bringing up the rear, I don't know how this cannot be 
I don't know how this person cannot be number nine because there's nine characters. The in last place is Amarantha. She's an amazing character, but as a person, I hate her and I can't. I just can't put her any higher just because I. And the worst part about it is, is that I understand if mm-hmm. someone killed my sister, this person that she loved and trusted and the end you killed her. I would go through to the ends of the earth to kill you too, probably. I don't think I would, you know, harbor your soul in a ring that I wear all the time and wear your finger around my neck. But I understand where she's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, number eight for me is the father of Feyre, Nesta, and Elaine. I just think that he is just very irrelevant. He's not a father figure. He's not a loving person. He isn't relevant to the plot a lot. I mean, he just... I didn't like the way he treated any of his children, not just Feyre, any of them. Elaine was the only exception in his mind to who gets love and affection and uh, anything from him. And I just don't understand as someone who has a very strong maternal instinct, I don't know anything about paternal instincts, but I just don't think that that could have ever been how something would have gone down, gone down for me. Like, I don't, I don't respond that very well to something like that. My father was very involved in my life and I loved Mm -hmm. that. And you know, Same he here. was, yeah. he was there for everything. And I just don't understand how someone could not be there for their children, especially when they went through something as terrible as they did. Then number seven is actually recent. I did not like the way he treated her during between trials. I, I just didn't like, I can't, I can't get past it right now. Um, maybe he'll change next book, but we'll have to get there at that point. But right now he sits at number seven for me. Mm-hmm. Number six is Nesta. She's just, she's still a bitch. Don't like her. <laughs> Don't understand her <laughs> motives there either. Can't, I can't deal with her. Um, she got better towards the end, which is why she's not below recent. Um, but I'm still on rocky grounds with her. I can't figure her out. I don't, you know, but she'll probably change because I've heard that she becomes a more relevant character later on. But as of now, she's number six out of nine. Number five is Elaine for me, just because she's, she's nice. She's sweet, but she wasn't exactly relevant to me. Um, I think that the book could have been just as good with or without her. She, mm-hmm. she would have done just as much. Feyre would have been just fine at their father's garden without Elaine being there. Uh, so that's just how I feel. Um, number four for me is Tamlin. And now that I'm thinking about it, honestly, I probably should have put him below Elaine, but we'll just leave it there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I'm not a big fan of him. I'm not. And it's not because of the whole love triangle thing it's just i don't i don't like his, how he expresses love i mm. i i don't like it i i know that he didn't grow up in a most loving household either but you can that's not an excuse yeah it's not I, yeah that's not an excuse yeah but 
yeah, so I don't know. I Tamlin's just so so for me. Um then number three is actually Feyre. Mm-hmm. She has grown a lot throughout the entire book. And, you know, I really like her as a character now. But, you know, she still has a lot of flaws and a lot of quirks that we need to get through. And um, she needs to either A, accept them or B, work on them. Um, so second out of nine for me is Alice. Uh, which Alice probably would have been first if she hadn't talked to Feyre the way she did right before she went under the mountain. Um, I did not Mm -hmm. like that interaction. But overall, I thought Alice was a good, solid character, a good grounded character for that Feyre needed at that time. And then number one is Lucian, which, you know, you know, y'all know how we feel about Lucian. I mean, (laughs) he's my baby boy. (laughs) He's so, he, he had pure intentions at first. Like if you killed my best friend, I'd hate you too. But he grew past it. He liked her as a person. He trusted her and, you know, ended up being like, you gave up your name in, in exchange for my life. You are my ally. You are my friend. I will come to help you no matter what you think of me now because you helped me in that moment. And that to me was very, very big of Lucian. And I really just, he's been through so much. A lot of these characters have been through so much, but we just know the most about Lucian Mm -hmm. right now. And for him to have gone through so much and be as nice as he is and as good as he is, he's just (sighs) soaring above my expectations. And I really, I, I liked him as a character. I liked him. I liked his qualities. I like his sarcasm. And I, he's, he's number one for me. <laughs> so some of your comments made, you're going to really question my choices. Then my number nine is actually father. Okay. Because he's just. As someone as well who had an involved father, like he was there for like all the important moments of my life. He was, he helped me study, helped with my schoolwork. He was always there. This isn't coming from a daddy issue standpoint. It's coming from someone who had a really good father. Mm -hmm. That is not a father in anything more than he was the sperm donor. That is not what a father should act, nor should she expect that. I think she's trying to, starting to figure that out, which is good, but it's so disrespectful to what a father should be that that's why he's my number nine number eight obviously amarantha uh she's a horrible person i get what what she's going for i get why she's a villain she's a very good villain because i do understand that that part of her but she's a horrible person so number eight i actually have a tie for number seven and i'm tying elaine and i don't know if that's allowed i'm tying elaine in recent recent for everything from last episode getting her drunk yeah Uh, yeah yeah i he is not yet redeemed in any way shape or form even with that small interaction at the end of 46 Mm -hmm. i still very much do not trust him do not like him don't think he's a good person Mm -hmm. elaine is a very good person but as you were saying it's kind of irrelevant it's not she's not integral to the plot as of yet Mm -hmm. she does she did kind of help Feyre, um, when she left the manor 
um, by giving her that horse and being super understanding. Mm-hmm. But other than that, she has not really been a huge plot point. When we say character driven, Elaine is not one of those characters. So they're tied for seventh. So next would be fifth, which would be Nesta for me. Mm-hmm. I find her super interesting. I want to see where her character growth is going. She is very relatable to me. Um, she's one of the characters I, I think I've spoken that I see a lot of myself in and kind of, mm-hmm. I respect her in a lot of ways and that's why she's kind of high. Mm-hmm. Um, fourth would be Tamlin. Honestly, maybe Nesta could go before Tamlin, but I'm going to put Tamlin at fourth because he is a good man. And I think that's very good of him. He's just so passive. And I think he tries so hard to be good that it almost makes him not do the right thing. Because he's always thinking about chivalry and doing the right thing. He's almost too in his head about being good that he doesn't do what would be instinctually right, which would have been just saving Feyre, not begging more action than thoughts and just holding it within yourself because you think that's the right thing. I think he's too in his head and that's why he's Mm -hmm. fourth for me. Third is Feyre. She grew so much. I'm so proud of her. She's really interesting character. She is one of those characters I want to keep reading this, this story for because I want to see where she's going, how much more she improves and finds herself in, especially in this new body actually comes into her own that's that's interesting to me and that's a reason i would keep reading this series and why i plan to so she is my third number two is alice number one is lucian for all the reasons we just mentioned um alice may have been number one maybe but lucian's so strongly there i think Mm -hmm. i feel very comfortable in that Mm -hmm. especially with alice interaction before the tunnel and the and and that whole scene was just so disrespectful and traumatizing for favor honestly yeah it was i was like that's not the mindset that you are sending this you're basically sending this girl to her grave you need to at least be like a a shining last light Mm -hmm. come on anyway yeah um i'm honestly surprised that whenever i was doing that that alice ended up being second for me i thought that because of that interaction i would have put her lower um, it says more about the other characters than it does with Alice, at least to me. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah. But yeah, so that those are our final character rankings. Please tell us what, you know, we want to know what everyone else thinks. Uh, what? How do you And try rank to them? base it as much as you can if you have read the rest of the books in the series by now. Yeah. Try to base it solely on this book. Like, we've yes. heard different spoilers about Tamlin, about... Even about, I heard maybe a little thing about Lucian, but try to base it on just this book because that's all we're basing it on. And don't judge yeah. us for these rankings yes, just on yeah. this book. <laughs> like yeah, if Taylor turns into us. a serial killer, yes, he'd yeah. be our nine or like down there with Amarantha. Do not yeah. blame us for that. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Like, d- yeah, we're still learning everything. We're still going off of this here. So like, if you have read all of the books, don't be like, what the heck are you putting favorites or wrong four? with you? Why is recent seventh? <laughs> what um yeah just give us a break we're we're just getting into this and this is based off of the first for the first book only 416 pages of learning about these people mm-hmm. we have over 2000 pages more to learn so like we'll give us a give us a little bit of a break we're getting there we'll get there um so our overall favorite book quote do you do you have yours or do you want me to go I first? have mine 
Okay, go ahead. Do you want me to just go ahead? Okay, so it's one that I used for a previous episode, but I think it really holds true. It comes from one of my more favorite characters when I'm really interested and want to follow the plot for, Nesta. And the quote is right before Feyre leaves. Is she's talking about what she's doing, Nesta's going to do once Feyre leaves. And she says, mm. try to send words once it's safe. And if it ever is, Father and Elaine can have this place. I think I'd like to see what else is out there, what a woman might do with a fortune and a good name. And I keep coming back, like, I have chills right now because of that throat quote, because that's so unique and different to the world that they're living in, which is much more medieval England and Europe, where a woman could not do anything for herself. And she's, like, a feminist icon, if we're being honest, like, for that time period. Like, for right now, that doesn't seem that extreme for us, but that's such a big deal. And that mindset mm-hmm. is so incredible to be able to have and to have the mm-hmm. strength to have that back, back in that time. Mm-hmm. It's so impressive. So that comes out as one of my favorite quotes. And I'd like to see Feyre start thinking that way as well, instead of being I delegated agree. to def- different, essentially love interests is kind of yeah. how it feels. I agree. I definitely, definitely agree with you there. Um, for me, my favorite quote, actually relates to my favorite quote for the chapter set that we just read mm-hmm. so it's the it's chapter 17 i believe yeah chapter 17 and it's when Feyre explains why she doesn't want to die alone or like why she would why she did what she did to the dying fairy mm-hmm. and it's you know Tamlin says, Feyre, why? You dislike our kind on a good day. And after Andrus, dot, dot, dot. So why? And she said, because I wouldn't want to die alone. My, vi- my voice wobbled as I looked at him again, forcing myself to meet his stare. Because I'd want someone to hold my hand until the end. And a while after that. That's something everyone deserves, human or fairy. And I thought that that was a turning point for her character for me. It showed that, you know, she didn't just think of them as these nasty, terrible beings anymore. They were actually people who had earned a little bit of her respect and that she thought of as more than just a myth and a legend and something to be afraid of. I thought that that was a good turning point for her. And, you know, obviously we had almost 300 pages to go after that before we reached the end of the book. But I thought that that was a very good turning point for her character. That was when I started liking her 153 pages in, I started liking her Um, (laughs) (laughs) as more than just the person who is the, the main character. And if you think of it, it was also a little bit of foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. So final rankings. So to explain how we're doing rankings, we're doing it essentially a a score out of five. Mm -hmm. But for each book that we read, we're going to choose a little uh, signifier for that book. So for this book, we're choosing um, a rose, which you'll see it when we um, post on on social media. You'll see one of the rose emojis to be representing that, but it is Mm -hmm. out of five. For different books, we'll choose something a little bit more integral to that book's plot point. We just wanted to make it a little bit more specific than doing like 
a blink out of five stars or something mm-hmm. like that. We wanted to make it a little bit more unique, but mm-hmm. essentially it's the same. It's still out of five. You don't have to say like, oh, does how does this emoji compare to another? It's just out of five. Yes. Insert book reference here. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'll go first. So like I said before, reading is my favorite hobby that I have right now. So it doesn't take very much for me to enjoy it. So for me, this was an enjoyable experience. So I would give it four out of five roses. Personally, I would give it four out of five roses. So I, I come from a very different standpoint where reading is like a, it's a big deal to me when I can read. So Mm -hmm. I have high standards. So this was an enjoyable book. It eventually, I do really like it. I want to keep reading the series. But for me, if we were not doing this podcast, I think I would have put it aside and read some other things. Okay. So for me, that gets a three out of five. Okay. Roses, which brings us, we're going to average our two scores. So it's a three mm-hmm. and a half out of five overall. Yep. Yeah. So I think it's, that's that feels fair to me. Yeah, I agree. I honestly was surprised that you made it a three. I mean, <laughs> did you think I, I was going to give it like a two? No, it I wasn't did. A two. It okay. wasn't a two. I okay. think if I it was like, and and considering the author and considering the lack of representation, all those different things, then it'd be like a two. But I think just face value, fantasy and adult romance, I think a three is fair for, for okay. me and my expectations going into a book. Okay, awesome. I think that that is very fair. And, um, you know, y'all can tell us what you think this book should be ranked at or what your ranking for this book is, you know, obviously everyone has their own opinions. Mm-hmm. You can have whatever opinion you want. This is just how we feel. Um, and you know, for those of you who've read more books, maybe you go back to the first one and you're like, crap, there are so many like little hints and stuff that we don't know about yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe you have different feelings about how this one ended up as ranking for, but, um, but please think, give us all your opinions, but yeah. not all your spoilers. Please don't yes. spoil the series. Yes, for please us. don't spoil the series. Not to be like a social media police, but I mean, be nice in your comments. You know, we're just, be kind to be yeah. kind to us. We don't know everything that's going on, and be kind mm-hmm. to one another. Yes, um, everyone's entitled to their own opinion as long as it's not abusive, degrading, hurting someone else's yes. um, emotions, well-being, anything like that. So be mm-hmm. kind, but. Everyone should feel free to have their own opinions. If you're not kind, I'm a block you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to let you know. If you are repeatedly abusive, that is not a community we're wanting to build. We're wanting to build a community of people who are kind to one another and willing to have discussions, mm-hmm. both deep and not so deep, on books and series that we all love. Yeah, and we are really trying to be active on social media with you guys. So, like, we're going to try and respond to all of your comments, you know, make sure that you see that you know that we see you. We mm-hmm. really want to be involved in, in the community that we're trying to build. We're not just going to post and then ignore your comments. We really want to try and be a part of it and respond to each and every one of you, even if it is just with a like or if we get into a full, you know, comment debate. series <laughs> debate whatever you want we're we're really trying to uh be involved with you guys so we're we're really looking forward to it so do we want to go into our next our season? next book our <gasps> next season so <sighs> this is all also an odd let's preface this by saying we did choose this one but mm-hmm. in the future we do plan on having polls yes. different ways to reach out to see what you guys are wanting us to read mm-hmm. and um 
essentially find out what's most important and most interesting to you guys moving forward. But we did end up choosing this book because we are recording this so far in advance, going ahead and choosing our second yep. book. Um, it's by another female author. She's still a little bit more well-known, but not as well-known as Sarah J. Moss. Um, but we, she is a white American female author, just to preface that. But we did do a little bit more background on her to make sure it's nothing like too spicy <laughs> that we need to really like cover before we go into the book. Mm-hmm. So Bren, do you want to announce what and who it is? <laughs> yes. So we, for season two, we are going to be reading Circe by Madeline Miller. Yeah. So we're super duper excited. As you know, both of us are big into Percy Jackson. So we're really oh, I didn't even real, I mentioned him earlier and I yeah. was like, oh yeah, Percy Jackson. I didn't even think of this. Yes. No, Perfect. So we are super into Greek mythology, which I think is why we chose this book mm-hmm. just to kind of harp on our, on our original roots and, you know, bring us back in and, but try something a little different out. You know, we're not going to be reading Percy Jackson. We're, we're really trying to choose books that neither of us have read before. So, um, you know, kind of involving a bunch of different aspects of what we enjoy. So reading female authors, Greek mythology, you know, just a bunch of different stuff in this one. So, um, so yeah, so Circe by Madeline Miller is what you guys have to look forward to. Do we want to, I'll go ahead and go in a little bit about the author. So Madeline Miller um, grew up in New York City and Philadelphia. So she's an East Coast girl like we both are. Uh, she attended Brown University for her BA and MA. She tutors and teaches Latin, Greek, and Shakespeare. She also studied at University of Chicago and at Yale. So she's super smart. This is not mm-hmm. the first book that she was written. Her first book was actually Song of Achilles, which we've also heard is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just that we didn't own that at the time. So we went with something that we actually had access to a little bit more easily but i'm definitely gonna be reading a song a song of achilles oh yeah definitely definitely it's supposed to emotionally wreck you yes <laughs> because it's about achilles and we know how the story ends yes <laughs> um which both of achilles. us definitely need to be wrecked every once in a while it's fine yeah for sure <sighs> it's about achilles and patroclus patroclus i don't know how to pronounce that name but essentially they're gay and someone dies um Obviously. Obviously. And it just hurts, yes. <laughs> apparently. But Cersei was her second novel and run, won a bunch of awards. Um, mm-hmm. It's very well known. It was number one New York Times bestseller, Indie's Choice Best Adult Fiction, all these different things. So we're really excited to jump into it. Um, do you want to give... So Cersei is also a myth and the Greek mythology, I believe it was from the Odyssey. Um, and mm-hmm. this is a retelling of that. So do you want to give us the blurb in the back? Absolutely. In the house of Helios, god of the sun and mightiest of the titans, a daughter is born. But Circe is a strange child, not powerful like her father, nor viciously alluring like her mother. Turning to the world of mortals for companionship, she discovers that she does possess power, the power of witchcraft, which can transform rivals into monsters and menace the gods and menace the gods themselves. Threatened, Zeus banishes Circe to a des- to a deserted island where she hones her opulent craft. Oculent? Hones her mm-hmm. opulent craft and crosses paths with many of the most famous figures in all of mythology, including the Minotaur, Daedalus, 
and his doomed son, Icarius, the murderous Medea, and of course, Willie Odysseus. Wiley? Willie? Who knows? Wiley Odysseus. But Wiley there is coyote. <laughs> but there is danger too for a woman who stands alone, and Circe unwittingly draws the wrath of both men and gods, ultimately finding herself pitted against one of the most terrifying and vengeful of the Olympians. To protect what she holds dear, Circe must summon her strength and choose once and for all whether she belongs with the gods she is born from or the mortals she has come to love. Damn, that sounds so good. I am excited. (laughs) Wow. She better be so badass. I know. I'm that's I'm hopefully for a morally gray badass woman. Yes. That's what I'm thinking it's going to be. If that's what it is, I'm so excited. I that made me like that gave me chills. That was like that better deliver. This book better deliver. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. That was a super amazing blurb on the back that's one of the best blurbs i've read and that was well written yes that was like i took days to write this blurb and if that's the blurb oh my goodness we're in in for a treat i am so excited oh my goodness okay do you have anything else you want to say because i'm like no i think i'm good oh my gosh all right well We cannot wait until season two, you guys. We are going to start off strong. Um, Like, well, obviously, this book is amazing. There's no way to not start off strong. But um, we can't wait to see you guys there. So, Aiden, cheers. Cheers. For more information and updates, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Sips and Subtext. If you like what you're listening to, make sure you subscribe and follow us. And if you're feeling extra nerdy, give us a buzzed-worthy review.